Hey, it's Adam here, and I want to tell you where you can get more free sex and how you can support the podcast. I'm building a kind of hub for the project on Substack. It's just freesex.substack.com. I'm publishing transcripts for all episodes there for free and occasional writings about free sex for subscribers only. Plus, you can interact with me and stuff like that. To make this podcast, I'm relying on contributions from listeners. My indie podcast company, Artnell, has invested in getting it going, and I'm paying my guests. But the only way I can fund it from now is with support from people like you, who subscribe at freesex.substack.com. Or you can just continue listening to the podcast for free and using the transcripts on the Substack if you need them. Thanks for joining me as we edge ever closer to a world of free sex. What does free sex mean to you? Do you ever think you'd have more sex or better sex if only you could change one thing? What is that thing? I'm Adam Smith, a writer, podcast producer, walker, talker, thinker, wanker. (laughs) I started having sex at 29. 29! And I've been obsessed ever since. Now I'm on a mission to find out how, as a society, we hold each other back in sex. What could a world of free sex look like? For me, free sex is a world with more places to fuck and without sexually transmitted infections. How about you? What are you into? Every episode, I speak to a different human with a unique idea for what free sex could mean. This podcast is fully pansexual and gender fluid. From mild to wild, everyone is welcome. Let's go. My guest this episode is Tina Horn. Yeah, I know. It's a great name for a sex person. <laughs> I came across Tina uh, when she was hosting a Wondery podcast called Operator. It's about sex workers who ran phone lines in the 90s. Operator is a gripping documentary series. You should check it out. Anyway, I fangirled Tina in her DMs and it turns out she'd read my book on poppers. It's a match. She's also the host producer of Why Are People Into That? a podcast about sex, kink, gender, and love. And she's a writer of articles and books about underground sexual politics and the sci-fi rebel comic book series, Safe Sex. I loved talking to Tina. So let's get right into it. Tina Horn, welcome to Free Sex. Hi, Adam. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're here to talk about this with me because I think that you can really help me out and help me to imagine and dream and wonder about what free sex is. I'm so, here to help. Uh, <laughs> well, let's just dive right in. Um, what does free sex mean to you? Okay, so when you asked me this question, a couple of things came to my mind. But the First thing that I want to talk about is the idea of risk, right? And Mm -hmm. risk Mm -hmm. is something that we talk about a lot in harm reduction, um, in the uh, harm reduction 
uh, work that I do and the harm reduction framework that I bring to a lot of my literary work and also the movement work that I'm a part of, especially with the sex worker rights movement. And mm-hmm. essentially, the that is the idea of the risk-aware assessment, right? So instead of having mm-hmm. an institution uh, like the church or medical institution or the state telling you mm-hmm. this is what you have to do this is how you have to do it this is why you have to mm-hmm. do it this is what you can and can't do this is what's normal this is what's abnormal like mm-hmm. supporting people making risk aware assessments is essentially respecting their dignity and autonomy to make their own choices which includes making their own mistakes right and making our own right. mistakes right so um yeah. So when we're talking about harm reduction yeah. and sexuality, something that I think almost anyone can relate to is the idea of safe or safer sex, right? So okay, if, yeah. if the church or the state or even a medical institution or even a, a school uh, or a community says to you, um, you know, we're going to practice abstinence only education. We're not going to teach you about pleasure. We're not going to talk about mm-hmm. identity. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just do this and don't do this and you won't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, exactly. and we, you won't get it. You won't get a horrible disease. You won't get a horrible disease. You won't get knocked up when you're, you, you know, you'll only get knocked up when <laughs> you're supposed to, or knock someone up when you're supposed yeah. to. Um, yeah. And you know, God forbid that you have a, a kind of sex that doesn't knock people up because um, <laughs> uh, you like don't have the like proper bits for that or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, and so then harm reduction is the idea of of giving a, a comprehensive education about what mm-hmm. are what is what is the reality of the risks that are involved in different kinds of sex mm-hmm. um, and then providing resources like barriers um mm-hmm. you know like like condoms um mm-hmm. even even like lube like uh free and affordable and accessible testing so that you know your status mm-hmm. encouragement to share your status with your partner or partners um mm-hmm. so so that's harm reduction right and um yeah and so but more like broadly speaking even taking the idea of risk out of the idea that like when you have sex, you're risking getting an STI, you're risking mm-hmm. getting knocked up, you're, you're risking the original sexually transmitted disease, which is feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, yeah, it's not just physical. Right, like, you know, yeah. you, can, you can catch feelings at any moment. Um, <laughs> uh, um, like, I think that if... I try to imagine a world where sex is free, as in freedom, as in liberation, mm-hmm. as in mm-hmm. we're all getting free together. I th- I think that while we, it's useful to it's a useful practice to like conceptualize a utopia where mm-hmm. there's no risks and there's no dangers and there's no edge mm-hmm. and like abnormality is not defined by n- normality and like mm-hmm. nobody thinks nobody like eroticizes themselves being a pervert because no one is accusing mm-hmm. them of being a pervert 
I, I, I don't know. I guess like as much as I like to live in my imagination and conceptualize that sometimes, and I know that it can be politically useful. I'm also very mm -hmm. concerned with the world that we have now and that we're, that we're living with now and what I can wrap my mind around and my, I don't know, my yeah. legs around now. And, um, <laughs> and, and risk is a part of that. And yeah. And, 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 you know, so when I say risk, I mean, like trying to imagine for my, myself and my comrades and my loved ones, and also like young people coming up who need a different kind of education than, than what I got. I don't know about you, um, like yeah. in school or from family <laughs> or for, from communities and like, especially the way that we as queers, I think have a duty to look out for one another and look out for, yeah. um, you know, to impart the gay agenda onto young people, um, <laughs> uh, the gay agenda so, of, of pleasure and liberation. Of pleasure. Exactly. So if I could summarize then this answer of free sex from you, it's free sex is sex that is not without risk mm. because that's not really possible as you're saying free uh, or, or at least it's just, it's not, um, it's not imminent. Mm. So free sex is not sex that's without risk. It's sex that where people have the, the tools and the capacity and the understanding to understand what risks they have um, and, uh, and feel free enough to make their own decision with their body about what risks they're open to taking in order to have their pleasure exactly that and even hearing that oh yes and <laughs> well <laughs> yes and yes but hearing that reflected back from you yeah was something that is a crucial part of this that i haven't mentioned yet is what happens yeah. after you take the risk which is okay. consequence and accountability uh -huh. to your actions and uh -huh. to your choices, yeah. right? So that's yes. also something that we have a responsibility to our communities to yeah. to teach processes of accountability, to interrogate which ones are working and which mm -hmm. ones aren't, um, to talk about mm -hmm. ideas like Sarah Shulman's idea of that conflict is not abuse. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And to... Yeah, and, and just to to teach consequences and to teach the I don't know the mm. sort of like choose your own adventure like you know conditions like if this happens then this might this might happen this might happen like yeah. what do you what are you gonna do if that thing does happen um, yeah and what like what are you gonna do since this thing did happen since you like you hurt someone you um, yeah. Like you did contract an STI, you know, even the idea that like, you know, like I have herpes, it's not the end of the world. Um, and, right, you know, yeah. and also um, the just vital importance of actually of, of spreading like good information <laughs> about mm -hmm. HIV AIDS and and prep yeah. and like, yeah. you know, I it. Like the scenario comes to my mind that people have this idea of like, well, this person seems clean or this person seems dirty um, yeah. or even, you know, um, people are like, oh, I don't want to go to a sex party. I'm going to like 
I'm gonna catch a bug. Or I'm gonna get there's like, dirty people there. Yeah, yeah, and like or the you know if you're a slut, like statistically, yeah. like you're more likely to like be X Y Z thing. But like the truth of the matter is that people who are getting comprehensive education mm -hmm. about yeah. sexuality, about science, about yeah. medicine which is often yeah. peer based, right? Um, yeah. Or even coming from culture, right? Like coming from literature and events and uh, and pamphlets and zines that we're giving to each other, like to, from mm -hmm. podcasts. Um, yes. Even though obviously there's a lot of disinformation out there, but like some of the most insidious disinformation is coming from institutions that we're supposed to trust. Right. And, that are supposed to be doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And and for the record, I trust some institutions, you know, like the ones that um, <laughs> say take this vaccine. <laughs> um, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but we, if you are having sex with someone and that person, I, I went, but let's just actually say that both of you um, are getting tested for STIs and you know your status yeah. and you also have had the peer support and community and cultural support to feel not ashamed to bring up those conversations yeah. to say like, I'm yeah. HIV positive, but like my viral load is X, Y, Z. Like these, this is the cocktail that I'm on. I'm on prep, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like, and then once you have that information, you can make a risk aware assessment about whether, mm -hmm. like, whether you want to do anal with that person, whether you want to use condoms, yeah. whether, you know, like all yeah. of these different things. Whereas if you just think that you can tell by looking at someone that they're clean and that person doesn't know their status, they're not on meds, they're not educated, they're not like comfortable and educated about yeah. using a condom and using lube and all of these different things, yeah. then like you could. <laughs> you, like you could be more you know i'm I'm not a scientist but like you know my like social science understanding and also my common sense tells me that like you know ex stis don't spontaneously erupt between queer sluts you know like yes <laughs> like <laughs> um so that is a horror movie yet to be made i mean i think that that's the <laughs> horror movie that we've been living in since the uh, 80s um uh well in terms of the, in terms of what people think of it yeah no but that's what i'm oh, saying is that like uh yeah. you know the 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 mirror that um institutions are holding up to us is is that horror movie yeah. um yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. i don't know i think so that like even I, and even thinking about the emotional side of all of these things i think that yeah. free sex is also accepting that rejection and heartbreak and mm -hmm. heartache and like having your heart broken and breaking hearts and being disappointed and like sort of like actually living your fantasy and mm -hmm. seeing how it's different experientially than it is in your head. Mm -hmm. Those, those are also, <laughs> yes, those are there. also, yeah, of course. Um, th <laughs> Those are also risks that are, 
are part of the sexually liberated world that I want to be a part of because if people are not putting themselves out there and having experiences include the good, the bad and the ugly, then they're not developing like emotional intelligence and critical thinking yeah. skills and um, that they're then like bringing to their other relationships and hopefully like learning and growing and talking to their friends, whether they're friends that they fuck or like platonic friends, like having open yeah. dialogue about sexuality and the relationships and not being isolated into little nuclear units. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I want to talk about the prospects of this idea then, the harm reduction idea yeah. that you're talking about, because um, you've mentioned a few things which uh, ring bells for me as to where I see this kind of thing happening, uh, this kind of conversation, definitely peer to peer among other queer men who I um, speak to a lot about sex um, and, you know, slightly broader queer and LGBTQ plus community that I'm a, and family that I'm a member of. I, I see that peer to peer conversation happening. I also see zines. Mm. I also see um uh, uh community run organizations and charities uh etc doing this kind of work organizing events and workshops and building websites and social media accounts spreading this kind of uh, information and this kind of approach that you're talking about um and if i'm being kind of cynical uh coming back to you tina on this point i want to say that all of those things all of those places where i see it in the grand scheme they're tiny mm. These are like, th this still feels like a niche idea. And I'm, I am on board. I'm paying you my $2 a month subscription for this idea. Like, <laughs> Smash you're getting that it. subscribe Do you know what I mean? button. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Hit subscribe. I am there. That's my read of it. That's my cynical read of it. That, um, that this is, that this is, uh, nowhere near getting into, um, kind of like a dominant conversation, um, around this and it's not getting into the institutions. It's not, it's not overhauling the sex education system in the school system in the UK, at least. I don't know about the US. Mm. So like what, so that's me being cynical. So I want to ask you, what are the prospects of this idea of free sex coming from uh, a, a greater education around harm reduction and around risk? Fuck, man. I don't know. I'm just one guy. Um, I'm just, Sorry. I, no, no. I'm just I'm just like one. But you know a lot about movements. You're connected. I'm just wondering, you're connected to quite a few movements in the US, especially around sex. So I'm interested in, yeah, in, in kind of like practically where you where you see that happening and, and how it can how, how it can snowball, because that's what it sounds like. We're allies here. We want that to snowball. That idea, yeah. So. Yeah. Snowballing. Yeah. I, I, I guess my answer is a little tautological, which is mm -hmm. that <laughs> if we want to help our communities, we have to help our communities. I, I, I mean, okay. I, I hear yeah. you saying that you want to shift the dominant paradigm and I yeah. want that too. Um, I guess, you know, you mentioned the movement work that I've been a part of, and I've really just been a, a very small part of a lot of sex worker rights movements here in the U.S. Um, I, I try to focus my efforts um, in terms of, you know, um, like spreading 
my freaky ideas or the freaky ideas of the yeah. um that I share with others um through culture and uh yeah through fiction and nonfiction and journalism and and podcasting yeah. um and zine making and you know um like yelling at bars um uh, <laughs> yeah but i've changed you know so many so many minds uh at, at bars um but um <laughs> but you know i i have you know i have very dear friends and comrades who are doing mm -hmm. the really grueling work mm -hmm. of trying to influence policy on uh, mm -hmm. larger scales and um, of also doing mutual aid um, yeah. and uh, and is that is the harm reduction idea around uh, around sex is that um, that's part of that work that those amazing folks are doing well it absolutely is and i'll tell you why because one of the rallying cries of the sex worker rights movement is rights not rescue um and okay. so yeah. so much of what you see go going back to institutions versus community you know this um sort mm -hmm. of um binary that i am creating and that maybe we can collapse um because they're both made of people <laughs> like soylent green uh yeah. presumably yeah <laughs> um but um so many of the institutions that claim to be putting energy into helping sex workers achieve their goals have a mm -hmm. very um have a very rescue approach a very like seeing yeah. us all as victims um yeah. and part of that is um a political strategy and and part of that is ideological right because part of the reason that whether it's a church organization or uh or certain certain journalists um or uh, coalitions of the religious right or second wave feminists, turfs and swerfs, um, mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, you know, like all kinds of all kinds of different um, groups and organizations. Part of the reason that they see all sex workers as victims to be rescued is that they ideologically cannot allow themselves to believe that this might be a choice um a choice. And, and to, and, exactly. i knew you were going to say choice. yeah and exactly. to be and to be, yeah, and to be very, that a person would choose to do that yeah and to be very very mm -hmm. clear i'm talking about choices in the context of capitalism right so yes. um so yeah. the the choice um might be just the like lesser of all evils that is available it does not have to be an empowered choice it yeah. does not need yeah. to be a like i'm i you know uh, like i'm gonna be such a slut anyway i might as well get paid for it like that can be true for some yeah. people and that's okay but there isn't there's a big sort of um like pendulum swing between like like don't see us all as victims see us as mm -hmm. empowered happy hookers and it's like it's actually uh, like everybody is somewhere on that mm -hmm. spectrum right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. there's you know as much as i in the past have tried to speak out about the difference between people who are 
victims of human trafficking versus consensual sex workers, like those lines can be quite gray sometimes. Sometimes people are mm -hmm. trafficked and then they choose to continue to do sex work mm -hmm. um, when they're not necessarily like under the direct control of a manager or an abusive partner. Um, some mm -hmm. people choose to do the work and then they end up in a forced labor condition. Like it's not... Um, <laughs> like it's murky and that is part mm -hmm. of the reason that when these institutions try to sweep in and say we're gonna rescue all of these damsels in distress and by the way of course this is like all about white purity this is all about like the yeah. idea of like oh the modern day slave trade is like gasp yeah. like you know defiling yeah. um like uh pure uh, young white girls um uh mm -hmm. that's what it's really all about um but also yeah. they're like swooping in and being like oh yeah we're gonna save you from this thing that we, the worst thing that could possibly happen which is like you know our idea of like your like you know purity being violated by there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss being put in these mm -hmm. demeaning situations but like poverty mm -hmm. is the thing that we need right. to be fighting like the circumstances because that... as you mentioned this is all happening within the context of capitalism yeah which as we know creates poverty uh continues to create poverty and also enables yeah. abusers interpersonally and yeah. in groups um yeah. and um you know and so <laughs> over and over and over again what i have seen firsthand anecdotally in my life in with my friends with my coworkers in my communities and then also what i see written about um you know when people are like actually know how to do the social science and actually know how to do the direct services mm -hmm. is that sex workers want services sex workers mm -hmm. want access to their their basic needs yeah. that they are not getting met whatever those basic needs are and they also need support and culture and community um so that they are in a position to decide is this the work that i want to continue doing right um yeah and so like that's where the harm reduction element of it comes in it's like you know right. going out on and the stroll and giving you know, instead of saying, hey, like, Jesus doesn't want you to be a whore anymore, um, saying, like, he like, here's condoms, like, here is a place that yeah. you can come get a cup of coffee and a hot meal, like, uh, you know, yeah. here's a way that you can get involved in helping others, like, uh, all that stuff. And, you know, and, and then also thinking about, like, what are the like, larger circumstances in our world that means that like, if people want to patronize a sex worker, whether that is for any kind of intercourse or a blowjob mm -hmm. or whether that is for fetish services or whether that's for watching a show or something digitally mediated, whether it's mm -hmm. a, like to what degree it's about 
sex and pleasure and that kind of satisfaction to what degree it's about companionship and emotional labor. Mm -hmm. Like, like what are the circumstances that we could create where like people who are prepared to provide those services and the people who want to patronize those services can meet in a circumstance where there's not an atmosphere of just like crushing shame that like innate that continues to enable conditions of poverty and also enable like continues to enable like situations of abuse because like i have a lot of because so much is underground and people feel the need to keep it underground and then that can facilitate well right right. and that's why the other rallying cry of the sex worker rights movement globally is for decriminalization and many yeah you know uh international uh well-known human rights uh organizations like amnesty international like are calling for decriminalization of sex work um you know and it's it's not it's not going to be easy because um even decriminalization which is the removal of bad laws like also then creates a circumstance where like okay so now who is in charge of doing the regulating around right who's, around who's, this commerce looking out for safety yeah um but but decriminalization I, I just, I wonder... would 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 help us to do that for one another because yeah. then we're not spending all yeah. of our time fighting surveillance fighting policing um fighting yeah. you know uh like sex workers aren't a protected class so when banks don't want to take yeah. our money because we have an only fans like <laughs> uh yeah. like we we have we have no like there's no legal precedent you'd have for, recourse there yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's just like one of many many examples of the ways that stigma and criminalization work together to keep um sex workers from living the lives that we want and that is going to be different for every person every every worker and it's so interesting because if we track this all the way back to where we started on on risk and your approach of harm reduction which is something that you're applying to sex education um but also like everything everything is from that standpoint it's like this you know this episode is called risk (laughs) you know Mm. this uh everything is from that standpoint what you're saying and when you look at decriminalization of sex work through that lens you can see how decriminalization of sex work is essentially a prerequisite to having for us all embodying and enjoying that harm reduction approach in 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 how we relate to each other over sex in a way i mean first of all sex workers are already taking that approach they're already thinking about risk all the time in a way that you're talking about they have to that's their experience in that you can probably say more to me about that yeah but also just in general it seems like you have to decriminalize sex work if you are going to finally deliver on this idea of uh, this harm reduction approach around sex, which is all encompassing. Yeah, it's is it's that, a was, it's a it's say? a first. Yeah, and it's decriminalization is going to be the first step, and there's going to be so much work, you know, political and ideological um, work to be done after that. Yeah. And so, like, let's yeah. we should get started with that first step, so we can figure out all yeah. that other stuff. And going all the way back yeah. to your question about like how how are we going to change the world i mean i i really um on like a bigger scale i i really mm-hmm. do actually believe that we have to take care of ourselves and take care of mm-hmm. our loved ones and take care of 
our communities and the like mm-hmm. subculture, you know, especially if you are like a part of, part of a, a subculture or counterculture, like take care yeah. of your own. And I'm not a separatist. Um, I, I'm not saying that we should like say like the whole system is irredeemable. Make a free sex island. Yeah. yeah. Free, I mean, listen, free sex island <laughs> yeah. sounds great. Unfortunately, it also sounds like a reality show. Um, capitalism it would does. come for us on our. That's the next stage island. of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get you know get at us. Um, who are the, who are the the reality TV people? Um, anyway, I don't know who would do that. Bravo or something. Yeah, Bravo. Exactly. God, can, oh my can you imagine? god, perverts on an island. I don't know. I've got my credit card out. <laughs> yeah um wow this is this has been so interesting and how it's kind of drawn on the themes that you work with all the time your own experiences the communities that you come from but then also kind of pulling all those together into this into this big quite grand idea which on the one hand I can be cynical about and say well you know geez Tina we're like a million miles away from that and on the other hand the way that you talk about it just makes me feel very like empowered and like positive that we could get there because I feel like we have the tools um do you feel like you have the tools I (laughs) feel like I have the tools are you positive about this I'm 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 100% sure uh that we just Mm -hmm. have to love each other I I don't know I mean okay uh, (laughs) um like (laughs) I, I, I guess like sex- I think that's what also what the anti-sex work Christians say, by the way. That, oh, yes, but they're they're hypocrites. So we all know that. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, sex is dangerous. And, yeah. you know, I get asked sometimes because I do a lot of fetish work in a lot of different yeah. mediums uh, yeah. over many years. And I get this question a lot like, well, if people weren't ashamed of their abnormal interests, then, you know, would like pro doms be out of a job? Like, would we even yeah. like have? Yeah. Would well, we how ha- do you answer that when people say that? Um, I mean, I, I it's kind of goes back to the question of like, well, will sex work exist after the fall of capitalism? Like, I don't know. So like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get us free now. And by the way, I'm also trying to not just get us free, but I'm trying to like respond to crisis mutual aid asks because someone, because there's like a nor'easter coming through the, the Northeast of, um, a bit, it's a big Mm -hmm. storm, um, in, uh, you know, in, um, in the northeast of There's the like United States. There's like an immediate States. crisis. Yeah, 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 and and somebody like needs um enough money to like get a room for the night um yeah. because they like there's no Johns out on the street and they like it, you know, I like I'm yeah. trying to like sex workers need rights and services and mm-hmm. our basic needs met now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like we also need resources to fight you know the tech plutocrats that are struggling to figure out if the internet that we that has been built on our backs that like we designed for yeah. them is a place that we should be allowed to like yeah. work anymore or be ourselves anymore um that's yeah. you know check out the work of the an organization i work with hacking hustling if you want to learn more about that but um oh great but yeah. uh but yeah, 
Well, actually, I mean, I think we um, we should we should wrap up this conversation and, and I'll let you get back to everything else that you've got to do today. But before we do that, um, thinking about that little plug there, uh, do you want to what do you want to plug? Uh, where do you want to send listeners yeah to your stuff yeah so um my website is tinahorn.net that's t-i-n-a-h-r-n i am on instagram speaking of tech plutocrats at tina horns ass <laughs> that's t-i-n-a-h-o-r-n-s-a-s-s i am on the website that i guess is formerly known as twitter uh under the same handle yes um <laughs> what a world um and yeah, so a couple of my projects that I'd love to tell you about. One is my podcast, Why Are People Into That? Yes. Um, which I'd love to have you on to talk about feet or poppers uh, or any, oh, yeah, or any anything else. Yeah, let's, that, um, let's talk about my foot fetish and other people's. Oh my God, <laughs> I, yes. Ugh, okay, we'd be here all day if we start talking about toes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Why Are People Into That is a fetish podcast that I've been doing independently since 2013. Um, you can yeah. listen to that wherever you pod. Uh, I got a literary nonfiction book deal um, to write a book version of the podcast, which I managed to trick Hachette into letting me write a book of cultural criticism, uh, where essentially like every essay takes a different fetish and kind of treats it like a text. So it's like secretly yes. kind of like a book about like movies um, and and music. And like I'm just so excited about that book. When I heard about it, I was like, this is the book. I'm going to read the fuck out of this book. I, I am... <laughs> I'm so thrilled. Well, you're, I quoted, I quoted you in it because I deeply, deeply <laughs> love deep sniff. Um, I, t I took it, I took the sniff. I took a deep sniff. Okay, okay, um, okay. But, um, but yes, uh, that book is going to be like, yeah, just like uh, blood rushing back and forth between your junk and your brain and stopping at the heart or oh, whatever. Um, and then I also have a, comic book series called safe sex which is a mm -hmm. misnomer it's a book about dangerous sex um right. and uh that's like a queer sex worker leather pervert sex rebel dystopian sci-fi series um that is out from image comics there's two volumes out now and i'll be working on the third Amazing. soon and okay. um those are the Things that I do. Oh, yeah. I did a podcast with Wondery called Operator that's about phone sex. Yes, which is awesome. Um, well. Uh, yeah. So I do that, a bunch I of mean, things. So you should follow me if you feel like it. And thank you so much for having me on your Freedom Pod. No, thank you. Thank you, Tina, for um, giving the time and um, these this, this really, really big idea which is also at its heart quite simple and it's it is really about taking care of each other yes um and i think that that's so important in sex uh so i really appreciate you bringing that to the podcast so thank you very much thanks for taking care of me today <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode let me know what you think of free sex the idea or the podcast leave me a review and a star rating if you can on social media i'm at adam smith Yes, that's Smith, but with a Z or a Z. Yeah, Smith. Mm. <laughs> it feels good in the mouth. <laughs> you can find more Aunt Nell productions on our website, auntnell.com. And on social, we're at auntnell underscore. 
The theme music is Trans Life by Othon, hosted, produced and edited by Adam Smith. And the executive producer for Antnell is Tash Walker. To all you loves and lovers, good night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 